Today we have a special guest. She hired me as her personal trainer only for three months when she first came in. 16 years later, I'm still working with her, and she's got a remarkable story that she's going to tell you today. Well, you're our first in-person person to be here on the podcast. Thank you. So I really appreciate you coming to this. Um, there was full disclosure, probably no one more surprised than me, except for you, that you're actually here. So I really do appreciate the fact that you are here. You're welcome. Um, one of the reasons why you're here is, um, you know, in my line of work as a personal trainer, one of the things that really bothers me to this day after 40 years is why people quit. And it's, it's my, I'm always trying to solve that problem for people. And it's mainly because of perceived obstacles that people have. A, but also because people sabotage themselves. And that's another uh, a dynamic. That's another emotional dynamic that we have to deal with. And so anyway, that's the, you know, we're going to talk about the, you know, you came to um, my studio that I was just opening in Tulare. By the way, you were the first, for those that are listening, first uh, person that signed up. You actually signed up at my other uh, facility in Visalia. And I got to tell you, um, it was telling already when you, you signed up uh, on your waiver. And it was actually a very good thing. It it gave me, you know, already sort of a, a heads up. I mean, you know, I was pre-selling my my new place that was opening, so it wasn't open. So to be honest about that and fair about that, but not only did you sign the waiver, not only were you that person that came and responded to an I think an ad that I was running, but you made sure that in writing you put at the very top that if I did not open, that you wanted your money back. And I got to tell you, I. I had no problem with that, but it was a tell. And of course, I fast forward now after that. And then you said, when you um, were signing up, I believe, you said, I only want to uh, join for three months, and then I want to move on. And again, uh, I just thought all that, and if I'm, if I'm not being uh, correct, I know that you'll straighten it out, because that's what you do. I... And I, you know, what that told me when you wanted that in writing, I thought, that's great. You're protecting yourself. That's smart. But it also told me that you were a skeptic and that you were somebody that wanted to hold me accountable, which I thought was a perfect scenario because as a trainer, that's what I'm getting to, as a trainer, um, I'm skeptical about people and I'm really um one of the things I want to make sure is I hold them accountable. So I thought this was a perfect, uh, a perfect scenario as far as I'm concerned. If you're going to want, hold me accountable, well, guess what? You're going to be held accountable as a client. So what I want you to tell the, uh, the people that are listening to this is, okay, why did, you want to, why did you want to just come for three months? And 16 years later, why are you still here? Okay. Before I answer your question, I'm going to tell you something that you don't know. Uh-oh. Again? 
So not only did I have you sign on the top of my agreement, I actually drove by your alleged facility and contacted the property management to make sure that you were in an agreement with them and had um, actual concrete plans to open a studio. A a skeptic. So I was slightly skeptical. Yeah. And you ran a full-page ad that was um, full of promises (laughs) that I thought, there's no way all of these um, could possibly be delivered upon. However, I had an experience with my children in the dressing room at Macy's, and they looked at my behind and told me that my bottom was melting. Children. Yes, as I was approaching my 40th birthday. So your that event and your full-page ad made me think that I was going to make a change. And prior to that, I possibly exercised here or there, nothing formal, never had been in a gym before. And so my goal was I was going to learn how to train myself in three months, and then I was going to go sign up at a much less expensive facility and do it myself. Okay. Okay. So what changed? Yeah, what what was it that, you know, here we are 16 years later, and, you know, we, we look, a trainer and a client go on a journey. There's no question about that. I've talked about this before on, on other podcasts. There's a certain relationship that's built between uh, the two. And it's not, uh, one of the things I've always talked about is that when a, um, a trainer becomes a friend, as it relates to being in the gym training them, when they become a friend to the client, um, that relationship is basically doomed because the you know the client sometimes will get their feelings hurt when if a good trainer is worth their salt they're going to talk to you straight and over the years I can tell you I can tell the people that are listening that we have gone we so we're frenemies we're frenemies and we've had our battles and I think that's part of the uh, the process but what was it then that got you to take that next step as far as you're continuing on. So what I found was that I really actually, in the one time of the day that I like being told what to do, is in the gym. So the rest of my day, I make decisions and determine many different things all day long. And the one time is at the gym where I don't have to think. And I don't have to fight for equipment. I don't have to worry if I'm in somebody's way. That is all your job. And that is actually an amazing um, exercising period as a stress relief. But that ac- extra component of not having to think about what you're doing is key for me. That's pretty interesting because, you know, obviously you're in a, in a, a position at your work where you have a lot of responsibility. And I know because I, I've been around you for 16 years, I know that you, have, you, you um, are not, don't have a problem with control. And controlling the situation, because that's kind of, I think, what you do. You take charge. And yet to be able to relinquish that to somebody else, I think that's an interesting um, thing that you've done to put yourself in somebody else's hands. But that's actually part of what needs to be done when a client comes to a trainer. And a lot of times, and this has happened to me over the years, I have a client come to me 
and we do a consultation. And I, the whole point of that is to find out exactly what it is they're trying to accomplish. And then when we get out on the floor, they're trying to tell me what to do as a trainer constantly. And, and that's, look, that happens a lot. And that's the reason why I'm saying that, that to begin with, when you're a trainer, you have to set that line to say, look, it is a give and take to a degree. But when it gets to the point where you start dictating as a client, then uh, that's going to go pretty badly uh, at the end of the day. You're going to be uh, disappointed with that result. So that was, I think, was was a really good thing as far as I'm concerned that you wanted to, uh, you know, look, this is I'm paying you to, you know, do all my thinking and I'll just follow the program. I think that's what I'm hearing from you. Yes. Okay. So. Now, okay, so once you get past that, that uh, you initially you just wanted to get some general information uh, before you went on to another place where it was a little bit cheaper. So when you, if you can remember that far back, what was your first then, after that three months, what was it that you were thinking about as far as, okay, what do I want now to continue moving forward? And again, I'm assuming, again, you'll have to tell me because I'm sure you know, is that next step that you took? Was it another three months that you um, that you committed to? And what in your head uh, was your next goal? I think at that point I committed to a year with the guarantee that my um, price would never be raised as long as I never left the gym. Mm-hmm. So I guess the um, my cheapness in never leaving has. Um, secured the um, introduction price that I was given. And what was going in my mind as to what I thought I was going to have as results. I think I did experience some positive um, results in that three months, which isn't that much time. And to think about how long it took you to put on weight and how long it took you to get out of shape, that seeing results in three months was um, significant to me. And so that's, I think, why I just kept coming back. Okay, because I can tell the 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 audience that's listening to or and watching this is you over the sixteen years you've gone through different phases as far as how your body has changed, and I've always liked that. You know, look, what I hope for in a in a client is that they they have consistency because so many times that I mentioned this in the beginning of the show is people just, you know, when they start making results, they start becoming inconsistent. So I really appreciate the fact that when I have somebody who's willing to keep making, you know, the, the necessary steps and do what they're supposed to do, it's refreshing. I can't tell you how important and how good, uh, of an environment that you make as a client for a trainer. It's, it's refreshing. And I, again, I think that for the people that are listening, it's a really important to, um, to really let yourself, um, you know, to follow that process and believe in that. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not skeptical at that point, uh, you know, from that point on, but you still need to have that confidence that, who you're working with is is going to has got your best interest, but here's the hard part. And I don't know exactly in the uh, in your time. By the way, I think that the fact that you signed up because you wanted to get a cheaper rate, but I also think and correct me. I think that uh, because this is the reason why I when I first started uh, 
uh, my personal training business, I have people pay me after they did their three months, for example. And then I started have, I paid ahead. ahead of time because the reason why I started doing that is because psychologically people say, you know, I pay for this. I'm going to use it as opposed to, yeah, you know, I'll pay them when I'm ready. I mean, it was a, for me, it was a business move to get that person to be um, more committed to their program, potentially. Look, when you're going to quit, you're going to quit, but it made it a little bit harder to do. So um, anyway, so, so when did the relationship, do you think, um, uh, when were there times where all of a sudden it was, um, you didn't necessarily uh, buy into maybe the, my process that I wanted you to do. I remember a time getting you ready for a marathon and I don't know how far that was into, you know, where you're at right now, but as a, as a, a bodybuilder who has competed at the highest level. And the reason I'm asking this question is because uh, so many things that we do are counterintuitive and don't really make sense to the average person when it comes to creating a certain look, uh, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, uh, doing certain exercises to perform or to get the results that you're looking for. So was there any time during the, uh, the training where maybe you second guessed, I guess? Well, in the last 16 years, everything's temporary. So there I've gone through different phases and what kind of shape I've been in. I've gone through different phases and different looks. I've, had comments about being too thin, about being too muscular. I've um, a wide range of reactions, but there would be times where you would put me on a program to drop weight only knowing that the end result was to put weight back on. And by putting the weight back on, putting on more muscle and putting on a different shape. So having to go through phases where maybe one isn't happy with the look, but knowing that there is an end goal. And if you didn't have that experience to keep the faith and keep encouraging and telling things are going to change, I think that would be hard to know as someone who has never trained before. Then I've had different um, phases as doing a marathon, uh, maybe doing mud runs, doing half a marathon, doing um, different types of physical activity outside of the gym that I want to be able to do to keep up with my kids and to be um, active and healthy and part of their life. But the one thing that I have been is, even though everything's temporary, I have made a commitment, a 100% commitment, that I go to the gym every day I'm home. So the only time I miss the gym is if I'm out of town, and even then I possibly will do some type of other workout at a hotel gym facility of some type, depending upon what my circumstances are. But the 100% commitment is much easier than the 98% commitment. I don't ever wake up and wonder, oh, am I going to go to the gym today? Oh, no, I'm going to sleep later. It's just like a job to me. I have never missed a day of work calling in sick if I wasn't sick. And I have probably missed work and the gym. Oh, gosh. I can't being sick, possibly laying on the bathroom floor, throwing up would be the only time I would miss, which is probably, I don't know, 
It's been very, three or four times yeah, in the last times. several years. Yeah. Um, so I don't have that internal debate in the morning if I'm going to get out of bed or not. Just like if I don't have the debate whether I'm going to go to work on a certain day of the week because I am. So once I've made that mindset, then all I have to do is show up and you haul me through the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the reality of this whole thing. But I think it's real. I don't know if you really understand how remarkable that is that, you know, from my side of the uh, the table, I just, as I mentioned before, so many people, they, they start off in the beginning because they have all these uh, goals they want to reach. I call it the honeymoon phase. And then all of a sudden they just start. They just, I've seen them. Yeah. Through the last several years. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's almost no matter what I, I do, or what we do to con- have that person continue, it blows my mind that they do that. And I just wonder at times, you know, why is it that someone like yourself has made that commitment and follows through, and then you have somebody else who's making progress, and they are hell-bent to, to sabotage their results? I almost think that it's something, some has to do with the fact that they, all of a sudden they realize that this is not something that there's an, uh, a finish line to. It's a long game. It's such like you're saying, you get up and it's something that you do just like you breathe, just like you go to work. You, this is something that you do. And I think that is a huge commitment and, and uh, that you've made to yourself. But how, I wonder how, you know, how could, could, could I get, maybe other people to do what you're doing. That's the thing that just keeps bothering me. You're doing it, but you're one of few. You're re- really remarkable in the fact that you've taken that that stance. Well, I don't know. I think you just make that commitment to yourself, and if it's important enough to you, then you do it. Yeah. I think, and we've seen many people who, when they are making progress, you're like, wow, you're looking so great, congratulations. And then the next thing you know, like, oh, we're so-and-so. How Go come on. they haven't been here? It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they can't handle the accolades or the attention that they're getting now or, you know, it's... Um, it's tough in the fact that people around you don't always understand. And there are certain um, social things that are compromised because of what you want to uh, handle with your health, not only physically, but nutritionally. And it's a commitment that you have to make to yourself. And I guess if you don't see it as something that's important, then it's not. Well, and then like you're saying, because I dealt with this as a, a bodybuilder, I always competed. Uh, I always re- was getting ready for a competition during the during Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I never ate what everybody else ate, and that was just that was something that I had to deal with because I got I took some heat for that. People get upset, yeah, by that, and it's real always baffles to me because I'm not trying to impose my diet or my choices upon someone else, but the, um, the thought that they have no problem imposing theirs onto you is very interesting, just yeah. as though you would never call somebody overweight, but people have no problem telling you that you're underweight and that you should eat or you're too thin. But if you said that to someone that was overweight, it would be a very big social gaffe that would not be acceptable. Yeah. And that's listen, that's part of the reason why some people, you know, that is a part of the reason. And I can almost say that I can almost understand that because I know, 
you know, for sure that um, it was like, all I kept hearing was, why can't you just be normal? Why da, 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 you know, and it was just, they didn't understand my commitment to what I was doing was stronger than, than, the, than the, maybe the, your opinion of, of what I was doing. And like you said, I never quite understood it because I wasn't imposing, I wasn't like taking food out of their mouth. I was taking it out of mine. Yeah. You know, and I was being sociable as being at the table, but I wasn't participating in that manner. That is a strange thing. But that is, again, going to the question, why do people quit? I think maybe that does have something to do with it. It's like, why, why, why do you want to put up with that crap? You know, they're constantly on you about what you're doing. It's, it is kind of interesting. And then I always think, well, maybe it's not, not me really. Maybe it's something to do with themselves. You know, whatever that may be. But that, that's a good point because, again, I want to keep reemphasizing why is it that you stuck around for 16 years? And I can tell you, the people that are out there, it doesn't just happen. It's not just saying that I'm going to commit to a lifelong deal and it happens. It, it's The words mean nothing until you become proactive just like you've been. So it's it's developing a daily habit that turns out to be a lifestyle ritual. And that's where I'm at in my life now is that. So it's, uh, like I said, there's a lot of days for for your people out there that you don't want to go in. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's a lot of days you would do rather do anything but go to the gym. And I don't know about you, but when I do... The donut shop. The donut <laughs> shop. But I, don't, and, but I don't know about you, but when I uh, get done and put myself through that, it makes me feel really uh, like I accomplished something, and I did it even when I didn't like it. And you've already mentioned that. Okay, so before you move on, yeah. So another point in being, and that I think is possibly could set people back because I had a tough time with this in first starting. So oh, I did this much cardio. I weight trained. I must have burned all kinds of calories. I actually gained weight when I first started working out because the calories I was actually burning and compensating with what I was treating myself with because I do love donuts and all sweets is I felt like I earned those things. But in reality, when you really start becoming more aware of your nutrition of what calories in versus what you're actually outputting, I actually gained weight, which was um, very off-putting at first until yeah. realizing that no, this just doesn't give me a free pass to eat donuts all day. So I think that's another part you have to get past. Yeah, and that's why as a trainer, I asked the, the following question. I said, because people tell me all the time, oh, I eat healthy. That is just really an open. There uh, are what, <laughs> seven to 10 calories in every almond? Yeah, yeah, something so like that. So you eat 10 almonds, you have 100 calories. Yeah. And I believe calorie is king. So depending, it doesn't matter if it's a healthy calorie, which definitely would benefit your cardiovascular system and other impacts of, of your life of eating healthy. But still, a calorie is a calorie. So right. you're going to put weight on with a healthy calorie versus a sugar yeah. calorie, no and, matter what. And that's why when, I, when a person has told me that, I said, well, you know what, why don't you go ahead and just, uh, because again, they have, they get disappointed and they're, they're off, they're put yeah. off by that, you know? So I said, well, here's what you need to do for me. Just write down everything that you're eating and let me analyze your diet. When that happens, most of the time they're shocked because we have a tendency as a human being to trick ourselves. Like you said, well, I'm working out now. I deserve this. Yep. And that's the end of that. 
And that's the kind of the wake-up call along the way. And these are things that I tell people, look, it's you're not going to start a program necessarily and be successful the first time out. You're going to have a situation where you fail. You, you, know, you have all these setbacks for whatever reason because you're learning how to create now the body and the um, sort of the dedication to make this just something that you do. But you have to be able to continue to get up and start over again, you know, because if you think, and this is part of the reason where I think there's a problem in our industry, I call it the shiny object syndrome. The way that people are marketed to on a regular basis, it's not about putting the work in, it's about doing the, getting the result without doing the work. And people are, they actually believe that. And then what happens is if they don't get a, a result, then they look for another shiny object. Yeah, you want the quick fix. The quick fix. The next best thing. The next, and that's part of the, the problem, you know, in our industry. Uh, okay, so what I want to get to now is, you know, as, as we, you know, in the 16 years, you've recently come up with a, you know, you, you kind of had it, I could tell. Um, as a trainer, I, I like to you know pay attention to what my time, uh, clients are saying and thinking and feeling. And I, I, you came to me and you said, I want to drop this weight. I think that the weight that you were actually looking for was three pounds. Um, I don't know if that was a week or two weeks. But I told you that I could have you drop five pounds and um, at least five pounds in two weeks. And when I said that to you, you looked at me like you did and do when you're, when like you're yes, then when you're very skeptical and you did not believe that that was possible. And for those people that are out there, this is someone here that's on the set that only has five to 10 pounds, 10 pounds at the most to lose. It's not like you've got somebody here that's got 20 or 30 or 40 pounds to lose. This is somebody who's gotten themselves into a shape which they've never been happy with. And I'm, I'm actually glad about that. I think that you should be glad just momentarily in what you've created along the way in these different, uh, I don't know, evolution or iterations of yourself. But you should never, in my mind, you should never be totally happy. And you have been that person. So now you're at your the age, you're in your uh, almost uh, 55 years of age. You're somebody who only has to lose five to 10 pounds. You're somebody who has been very frustrated because they think, well, my goodness, I only eat this much and I do all this exercise and you've mentioned this to me several times and I look like this. True. Okay. Okay. So when I- And your point? And my point was this, <laughs> and, and this is where this time for some reason it changed. I said, I can get you in this kind of shape and this is what you're going to get, and but here's what I need from you. I need full compliance. I don't need you to question anything that I'm doing in the first two weeks. And you did not actually, you weren't ready to do this when we first talked about that. Because I said, if you can't do that, I don't want you to do this. I don't want to be a part. I'm going to decline as your trainer. And that's kind of, I think, the first time I may have said that. But I'm tired as a trainer of working with people who don't fully commit, especially when the chips are down and when we're doing stuff that's counterproductive. Okay, you basically, you came back a few days later and you said, I'm in. So here's what we did. And, and, and I find this so remarkable. That's the reason why you're here. What we did, I call it the, um, 
lockdown weight loss system. So what we did in the first two weeks, and by the way, for the people that are listening, this diet doesn't require special supplements. It doesn't require anything but food and water. So what we did in the first two weeks is we cut calories down, ultra-low calories. So what I want to do, what I would like you to do, I know you brought your your uh, chart. Um, I'd like you to sort of explain from your point of view, because I thought I was using um, tactics on on you that were used by um, high-level bodybuilders. They are tactics that made no sense as far as what you think you'd be, you'd be doing. That's very aggressive. And the whole point in this first two weeks was there always has to be a reason, was to wake up a sluggish metabolism because people destroy their metabolism, because, and especially because you only had a five to uh, 10 pounds to lose, and on purpose to push your uh, physiology into fight or flight. It's a, it's a situation in the first two weeks that you are doing things on purpose. Fight or flight, for those of you who don't know, when your body perceives a threat, it goes into another gear of fight or flight to protect you. All your senses now wake up. So in the first two weeks, maybe you can give an account of what that actually looked like. And was it as bad as you thought? Because I felt bad for you because I knew exactly the hell that you were, you were going to suffer in those first two weeks. Why don't you talk about that? So the first thing before I committed was I had to time it. So I had some social engagements that I did not want to miss and I was going to eat and drink at. So when I committed, I knew that I was going to do a little bit of damage before starting. And once I knew I was starting, I probably did even more damage because I wanted to um, compensate for the deprivation I was going to be having over the next few weeks. So getting into the right mindset was first having you um, divulge the calorie amount. So it went from 500 on Monday, 600, 700, 800, 900, and then 1,000 and 1,000 on Saturday and Sunday, which is significantly less than I would have been having prior to that. So I had to get in the right mindset, and then you also gave um, had Kara send me some diet suggestions. So what do you eat on 500 calories? Not very much. Not very much, <laughs> exactly. So that first Monday of 500 calories really wasn't bad because on Saturday and Sunday, I ate so much that I really didn't feel bad on the first 500-calorie day. But the limited number of calories really wasn't, once I got my mind wrapped around it and knowing what I could eat, it actually really isn't that difficult. So it kind of goes, it goes back to the 100% versus the 98%. There, I wasn't, once I committed, I was 100% going to eat that many calories. And I wasn't negotiating with myself about, oh, am I going to have this? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's 500 calories. But today, am I going to have 700? Nope, it's 500. So once I committed and I knew that my decision was to commit to that amount of calories every day, it takes away the questioning and the indecision because that's a non-issue for me once I um, get into that mindset. So then it was, okay, well, what calor- what foods can I eat that are going to make me not feel like I'm starving? And then having protein so that I feel like I'm full. So a lot of the eggs, 
chicken salad is pretty what I'm eating for the most part. Um, on the higher calorie days, I do have something that is um, probably counterintuitive, something that is sweet that's higher in calories. But again, it's all about the calorie. It's not about eating clean. However, as a side effect of what I am mainly consuming, I am eating clean for the most part. And I do, my body is responding to that in other ways. I'm not bloating. I feel better. I have energy. I don't feel deprived. Um, it's once I've made that commitment and into that mindset, it's really, it hasn't been that bad. And the worst idea is that 500 calorie day. Again, on the Monday, it's not as bad because it's um, after having more calories on the weekend. The worst 500 calorie day is when it's on a Friday because you've been um, being deprived and on calorie restrictions up to that point. So then I compartmentalize it. Okay, how many 500 calorie days are there really? Ooh, there's really only two. I can do two. Okay. It's not my last meal. It's not the last day I'm ever going to eat. So compartmentalize that and move on. Oh, the next day I get 1,000 calories. Oh, that's pretty good. So just looking at what that amount is, making sure I hit that goal and that target um, was what I've been doing. When you added on the second week, you added a gallon of water for four days. So starting on the second week on that Monday, I got 900 calories, then 800 calories, then 700 calories, and 600 calories. So now you're stair-stepping it in the opposite direction of what you did the first week, and you're adding a gallon of water. Now, a gallon of water, I don't think I've ever had a gallon of water a day, but once I committed to it, I had my gallon. I was done drinking a gallon of water by 4 o'clock. really wasn't that bad, and it actually was really good for my skin. I have, and um, it does help you feel fuller. And it's very, um, takes your mind off the food because you're so consumed by consuming that gallon of water of what you're going to do for that day. So it's really basically all tricking your mind to meet these goals. And then as the weight starts dropping off, it's very reinforcing, oh, this is having a result. And as you mentioned, I did not think I thought with the my current weight, if I lost two pounds with my age and all the other things that are going on in my body, I thought two pounds was the most I would get in two weeks. But when I got 11 pounds in two weeks and even surpassed what you thought I would get, that was highly motivating and the um, clothes fitting better, feeling better was highly motivating. Okay, and the, one of the things that you said, we'll wrap up here pretty quick because you're looking at your clock. Um, one of the things that you said that I think is really important, and you did it sort of on your own instinctively, is you did something very important. You compartmentalized the, the two weeks. That's a smart thing to do, um, and, and that's exactly what we do in, when we're bodybuilding. We compartmentalize that, and it does change, uh, you know, change that, that, uh, that effect. But here's the thing that, that as we're getting close to wrapping up, here's the thing that I want to make sure that people understand. It's virtually impossible to destroy 
If somebody might say, oh my God, eating those low calories, that's just really unhealthy. It's unhealthy if you do it on a long-term basis. There's a reason that, look, when we're shocking the body, it's impossible to destroy a physiology. It's just impossible to destroy a metabolism in two weeks. So the second part of what you are not talking about is, so the first part is to shock the metabolism um, and to get your body moving, and, and you did. I want you to tell people real quick before I forget, not only is it about weight loss, it's about looking a certain way. And talk about your inches lost before I finish this off. How many inches have you lost in this amount of time now? So I've lost about six inches, I'd say. Total, yeah, total, total of six, six inches. Six inches. So I've lost three inches in my waist, which has been huge. That's probably the largest. Um, my hips, I've lost two and a half inches. My thigh, an inch and a half. So the um, everything is looser, and as far as my clothes fitting, so that is good. But back to um, so the look is is improving. The building my metabolism back up is where we are right now. Yes. So the calor, which is still some would say calorie deprivation, <laughs> but at a higher amount because I think building my metabolism up. So that when I'm returning to a more normal diet, I'm burning at a better rate than where I had been prior to doing right. this. So you've lost a total of six inches, but how much total weight? You lost that 11 pounds in, in a couple of weeks, but you're at day number about a month now, 28, 29, something like that. So how much total weight at your lowest have, have you dropped? I My lowest is... 14 pounds. 14 pounds in about 28 days. I think that's about where. 22. I, yeah. So again, that is remarkable to say the least. I mean, to, to defy what you, I mean, you thought it was two pounds. <laughs> but again, now for those of you that are listening, in, in week number, after week number two, what we focus on now is a, a, a metabolism rebuilding. And how we do that is we slowly start increasing caloric intake. This is not a quick fix. We slowly start increasing caloric intake uh, week to week. And what happens when you do that, especially coming off a of lockdown, your metabolism now is in high gear. When you're adding just a little bit of weight, a little bit of calories throughout the, the process over the next uh, two or three weeks, your your the way your body responds because it's been deprived is your metabolism fires up even faster and you actually start getting better in shape as you're starting to eat more. This is the part that's counterintuitive, but there's a downside and you've, we've gone through uh, this with you because of the fact that I've got it, got it set up in a way that on the weekend you eat more. Now, all of a sudden Monday, your body has now put on a couple of pounds. But what we here's where we have to start really getting into that uh, to the mindset and making you understand that it's impossible for the amount of calories that you're taking in, even though that you're increasing calories, that the way, extra weight that you're putting on right now has anything to do with fat loss. And I'm just mentioning that because that is a I've always uh, dealt with that, and I'm always uh, finding that 
And this is the reason why I tell people you have to to understand the process and you have to go through this yourself. Because I can tell you as a bodybuilder, I've done this so much that I, I, I know that I'm going to lose or gain weight over the weekend. I'm going to be heavier. But when you get down to that Friday again, you're going to see that your body is going to shed those two or three pounds that you've put on. And again, this is some of the stuff sometimes that discourages people because I know you mentioned, crap, I put on two pounds. And that messes with you a little bit. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you're just like, well, well, this isn't working. Might as well give up. Let me just forget it. I'm going to start eating. Yeah. 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 But knowing that, which part of keeping track of it, which I wish I would have done a better job from day one, but of keeping track of it, then you can start to see the pattern and you can rest assured that, no, this is going to turn out differently by Friday. And so keeping track of it has been really helpful as to knowing what results you really are going to get consistently. That, that's a huge thing that you should do is keep track, not try to remember. I learned that from a very, very famous bodybuilder. And here's here's the good news. Here's the even longer and, and bigger picture for you because we're at day number, I think, like I said, just a little over 30 days. And we the, the idea here is this, is to eat, to get you at some point, which we will, to eat as many calories as you can but maintain the look that you want. That's really where it's at. But before you do that, you've had to gone through this, you know, this uh, two weeks of lockdown, and now dealing with increasing calories and knowing that. And I've, you, I've been telling you, focus on the inches. Your weight's going to go up, but if your inches stay down, guess what? It's not. That's a that's a, a clear example that it's not body fat. Well, the other thing is knowing that it's all temporary. Yeah. Because this isn't the first. This is the first time we've done this exact approach, but I've been on a different approaches with you through time and they work, but knowing that it's not going to work forever. So you have to keep coming back with that consistency to try the next thing to see um, what, not just try the next thing that's the shiny object, but proven through time that will work again and realizing that you can only get so far away from that before you need to do it again. So one of the kind of a ridiculous story, but in laser hair removal, one of the things that I was upset about was, well, my God, the hair's growing back. It should be permanent. No, it's not permanent. You have to go back for maintenance every once in a while and have another little shot treat shock treatment to your yeah. hair follicles. What's well, the same thing with this? This isn't the path I'm on right now isn't going to last for the next year. I'm going to have to um, come back to something through time, which is something that working with a personal trainer does for me is it is in a sense cyclical that you do things you can't or I am not able to anyway maintain it for 365 days a year. But I'd never get too far away from that where I want to be. Yeah. So that's helpful too. And the thing that you have to realize is that once you take your body to a certain spot, it's forever imprinted in your DNA. So for, muscle memory. Well, and so what you're saying is basically when you do have to come back for some maintenance, it'll never have to be back to where we started now. Right. It'll be built on something that's much higher, and it's not doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily any easier. But you know, you won't have to be eating as few calories as we had to do to, to get this start. Listen, I, I appreciate that you came on the show today. And the reason part of the reason was I wanted you to tell 
uh, your story, and so people can just see that, look, it can be done. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, your story is very uh, inspirational to other people, even though you may not think that, because we don't really see sometimes mm. the results that we've actually made as much as someone who has more is on is object, objective about your results. I understand that. I never thought and thought that the, the kind of condition I got in was ever that that big a deal till I looked back years later at photos. So it's you've you've done something that's really remarkable and you've just proven that it can be done. There's no excuse unless you have a bad thyroid or you have a bad mindset. If you have a, a, a perfect willingness and a and proper mindset and to make the commitment, you are the result of that. So congratulations. Um, I'm really curious to see uh, what's next for your uh, the look that you're going to have at some point. So am I. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you.